And yes, welcome to Top of the Card, the five-way match of intro. I have, it's bad intros all the time. This is a wrestling podcast with five friends, and all five are here as we have our missing cohort back. No no pre-typed, pre-taped messages. We've got the real deal. So my name is Scott. Joining me is that missing person back now, CT. How are you today? I am doing good. Excited to be back talking about wrestling. Yeah, we got we got a lot to talk about. We always do. And I always say that. Um, nothing quite jinxed us the day after, like last time. But we got stuff. We'll get there. There, Red. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing good. I'm uh been up since four, but after two or three energy drinks today, I'm making it through the day. Jeez, four. Okay, so for reference, it's nine o'clock Eastern uh, on Tuesday NXT night. So that's ongoing. So we might have some live updates as we go. But uh, that's a long day for Red. We'll cut this to an hour more than likely, as usual. Uh, Bear me. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to talk about what's happening in the weird <laughs> world of uh, wrestling. Sorry, I coughed over you there. But yeah, it's a weird, weird world going on right now with wrestling. Um, there, there's a lot. There's always a lot, but there's still, you know, the big ones as well. And GMSG, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Long, long week for my birthday, but... It's going to be fun. Your birthday? What day is your birthday? Friday. Friday. Oh, so that, oh, it's a, it's a good day for that. We'll talk about that day soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. The AEW got you some gifts for free. Yeah, it's going to be great. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Yes, we know of the news. We know. This is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. Top of the Card Podcast on uh, everywhere you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, for reals. It's still there. Uh, not YouTube. We'll get there eventually. I know it'll kill the joke when we get there, but we'll get there. Uh, but the the big stuff that happened first, because we always go chronological, because it makes it kind of make you go, huh, to all the stuff that we're dealing with, is the draft. Remember that happened? And we're already like two weeks into it, and it goes live after Crown Jewel, because that's a thing they did, even though they're having stuff all over the place. It's weird. Um, I'm not going to go over the whole draft picks and what they did. We did our own version of it, and some of the stuff that we kind of wanted to happen happened. They've done another title swap thing where the Raw and women's champions got drafted to each other's brands and there's time to clean that up or get messy. You never know. Uh, NXT got involved and SmackDown, I feel, got most of it. Uh, GMSG, I know you were talking a lot about that. What's your feelings on the draft overall? I think Raw got really, like, a lot of good stars, especially from SmackDown. But I think the thing is SmackDown brought in a lot of the young talent from NXT also. So it's a counterbalance, like... Both got a lot better. So I'm excited. Bloodline together. <laughs> Bloodline together. Bear me. Hit row. Hit row. Yeah, I'm excited to see Hit Row on the main roster. That is going to be really, really good. I hope that they have a lot of success. I think Raw. I think Raw kind of got shafted a little bit on the draft, though. I mean, let's be honest. It seems like SmackDown's kind of like super stacked right now. But I'm excited to see what Rock can do with Big E leading the way over there, and we'll see what he can see, what kind of challenges and challengers he can uh, face. But uh, I'm pretty hyped. Pretty hyped. I think that's three of us thinking that Raw got a raw deal. <sighs> okay, so CT was the draft what you expected, what you're hoping for. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty standard. Obviously, we'll see how booking goes. I think there's some very questionable tag team splitting. Um, considering those divisions need work and then getting rid of teams is very confusing. Um, but no, I thought it was good. Pretty much standard. No real surprises. I think SmackDown clearly looks better than Raw right now, but I don't think Raw looks terrible or anything. 
um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. We'll we'll see how booking goes. That really decides it, right? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for some of the opportunities with stuff like Ridge Holland is interesting to pull him up uh, off of NXT. Splitting Shotzi and Knox before they got their actual tag title shot is wild. Like, they, they, haven't they earned like three of them as well and not gotten any yet? Like, it's that's weird. I like the idea of them actually having the tag titles, but once they lose them they do have to go their separate ways because they can technically still get the, the match before the end of October. Um, it is, it's an interesting thing with hit row. I like that a lot. Uh, we'll see if the North American title stays on swerve. That match is happening tonight, probably shortly, maybe even right now. I think it's main eventing though. And yeah, overall SmackDown really got like a solid roster. And when you think of some of the names that Roman's defended against, you can see the potential for some of that. I'm definitely intrigued. For, for what could happen from everything from like Seamus to Ridge like anybody could be good in this and that goes back to what I said I think last time about Adam Cole being good on one of these brands like he would clearly be leading the way in a main event position <clears throat> he's happy where he is but Red coming over to you uh, to round out the draft what were your thoughts on the draft was it what you were hoping for what you were looking for or were you disappointed by any of it uh, no actually I'm kind of impressed now I, I don't like their style they're doing right now I, I prefer the old style of like you're, you're picking your brand supremacy of I want this guy I want that guy whereas this one seems like they already know what they want to do and they're just making it seem like a draft on TV um, well. also the fact that you only had half the roster eligible for one night another el- no you should have the whole roster eligible like it used to be just Anybody can be pulled. That was the whole fun of the draft. You never knew who was going to be called. Now it's like, yeah, you don't know who's going to be called, but it's just, hey, they're starting on a new show. It doesn't. I don't. It feels different compared to years past. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a real draft for one. Like they don't clear the rosters and you build it all up. But they still kind of treated it that way because people were getting drafted to shows they're already on, so they didn't get moved. Um, at the same time, there was weird decisions like when you're seeing people drafted late, but they're champions or contenders is like, that makes no sense. Why would you not draft? Like, why are the champions not drafted first? And then like, it's, it's just weird logic. When you, when you see some of it, you get like Sami Zayn drafted last. Um, they're like, Oh, we have the best for last. No, that's not how a draft works. That's dumb. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, it's... I got a, I got a question though. Uh, for you guys real quick uh gable stevenson getting drafted oh. to raw and he hasn't even debuted yet i yeah. kind of think that's kind of a big deal what do you guys think uh i like it in a, in a sense because it's he's on the roster they announced he was signed so that makes sense but at the same time where is it going like is it just to be a moment to be a thing or are we going to get something out of it and i i'm hopeful for him but he hasn't even started training as far as i know like proper for WWE. He's worked with Lesnar and stuff. Yeah, but he's not TV ready. Are we going to get a Mark Henry in 96 where he, sorry, that proved my age where he was not ready and it was kind of bad. Turn the hall of famer, but it took 20 years. So what are we going to get with this? Are we going to have an angle prodigy in four matches? He's got it. Or is this going to be a mess? I think it's going to be a mess for a little bit, but I guess we'll see. I'm, I'm curious if they did the draft of him just so that they can stay in a different type of audience eyes. Because I know, like, yeah, we're WWE wrestlers, but there's a different audience when you're talking about his NCAA, his Olympics, that kind of jazz. And to have him 
quote unquote drafted could be a news source to get more eyes on the product because they could have kept him as a free agent if that weren't the case. Like there's quite a few people, I know injuries aside, but there's quite a few people that were still considered free agents and he could have been one. It is a weird thing because as much as actual combat sports, be it amateur wrestling or like MMA and boxing and that and uh, kickboxing, as much as they claim they hate pro wrestling, they're often fans of it. <laughs> they love the, the sportsmanship. They love that. They just don't like the fact that it's fake and they can't get around it because they know what a real fight looks like. Like I know a lot of MMA analysts hate wrestling because, oh, that wouldn't be real. They can't suspend their disbelief. They're too close. So that audience is the one you're trying to get with Gable Stevenson. That's interesting. If you're going to do that, you got to present him as legit. And then you don't follow up his being drafted with a 24-7 segment. You, you know what I mean? Like, you want to make sure you really feed that audience what they want. And then maybe they'll like the other stuff. Um, that's kind of one of an upcoming topic. But the whole idea of people getting eyes on a product and staying because of what else they saw they liked, that's the magic. That's what you want to do. And if that worked, cool. I could absolutely see that. I think it's really just going to come down to the personality. I think that was the big thing. Like people don't realize with Angle, yes, he became an amazing wrestler, but he didn't necessarily like pro wrestler to be very clear. But I don't. He didn't really start out as being like amazing. He started and got over with this amazing character work, this acceptance of being a heel, and then he picked up pro wrestling along the way, working with the best wrestlers, you know, arguably of all time. So I think that you know, if Gableson, if or whoever his name is, I don't know his name, if he does good character work and he can get that down and connect with the fans i think there's a lot of potential for him even if his pro wrestling isn't necessarily there it's a little rushed if he can't connect with fans i think that's going to be a hard battle to win um, i mean even going back to rousey right that was the big thing with rousey is she got people to support her due to her great character work specifically once uh she started i know she had some issues in the beginning portion so i have faith um, I have hope, I guess I should say, rather than faith. Um, I, I just think the key thing will be the character work. You know what? I, I actually do have faith in how they train and how they build people up. Because you look at how NXT 2.0 is a month in. And damn near everybody they're presenting is getting over on some level. Yeah, this guy's green as all hell. Um, uh, <laughs> Steve Gableson, as uh, we're going to call him now. Because uh, you said Gableson, but I keep calling him Stevenson. There's no N, it's Stevenson. I, I didn't realize that till I saw the draft stuff. But uh, I do have faith that they'll make this guy work. Or at least they'll throw everything at it that make it work. It's up to him, like you said, obviously. Can he make it work? Does he have the personality? Because that's going to be the key to make it work in WWE. And without having, presumably, the NXT seasoning, because he's part of Raw, <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Is Chad Gable on Raw now? Is he still at SmackDown? I couldn't remember if he was drafted to Raw. American Alpha, or no, what's their, whatever their name is, went to Raw. Because I was celebrating that I wouldn't have to see Otis ever again because yeah. I don't watch Raw. So while it is annoying, Gable is a former Olympian. Otis is a former like college wrestler. Gable has, well, Gable Stevenson has history wrestling. Now a bigger name if he needs someone to talk for him. G Chad Gable has gotten better, so he could help him too. Sir, don't put this evil on me. Yes. The best thing for Stevenson will be putting him as part of a team or group. Because that's how he's going to learn. That's how he's going to actually 
learn what he's doing. Just putting him one-on-one -on -one against people, yeah, he'll learn against that opponent, but you got to have him there all the time. Um, he's going to have a hell of a lot more shows, uh, like matches on house shows, I feel, once he starts. Because that's and where he's going to be able to work a green. So, I think they also signed his brother, too, so they could make that work yeah. out, too, even more. They could make it a four-man group. Yeah, stuff like that is kind of the key there. I legit kind of forgot about Stevenson in the draft until it was mentioned. So, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's been a long two weeks. It's been a long two weeks. Um, any other draft thoughts, though? Like, it's, it, it wasn't really anything different. Like, that was one of the more different things about it, honestly. Um, it, 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 like, I think, like Red said, it was just kind of there. They just did the shakeup. They should have called it a shakeup and had stuff bounce around and even presented as random. Like, that would have made more sense. Than the way they do their draft, I feel. I think you're right on that that idea there, Red. Because if they're gonna do it like a draft, do it as a draft. Have them pick, not just announce. The uh, they to have them pick. What? Well, they, they did. They, but the thing is, the problem is both officials that were talking were the same officials that are in both brands, so it kind of didn't feel like that. Yeah. And also, it was somewhat random because multiple champions were in different selections, so it was like. It's weird how they, like, split up the roster for, like, two different nights. Okay, these people are designated, these people are designated not. Like, every champion is available. I feel if they gave, like, a good explanation, like a 20-minute video before the shows, it would have helped. Just do a pre-show for Raw. Respect Hell, yeah. they could have mm -hmm. just given a list of eligible names. They kind of did, but it wasn't accurate. They didn't I mean, Stevenson wasn't on there. Yeah. <laughs> They've also had issues with that historically, so let's not maybe yeah. jump bite well, more than we can chew. The thing is, there were free agents because of injuries and medical reasons. Like Lacey Evans is out because of baby. Like I tell you right now, I'm still drafting Bailey if I could. Like why? Why wouldn't like? Come on, like that. It's that's silly to me. Stuff like that. Yeah, I wish there was more of a reason. Uh, Sonia picked Naomi, who she hates and doesn't value as part of the roster. That mm -hmm. was a bit weird, but you know, bloodline, bloodline. Made what you pressured into it? Yeah, I think you were right though with the idea that. It didn't help that it was the same people drafting for both sides. SmackDown selects this. Why? You're just splitting the roster yourself? Who are you, Tony Khan, making fantasy moves? What is this? Sorry, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Now, now I don't want to uh, stay on the topic any much too much longer, but uh, all the call-ups was a crazy amount of call-ups for such a short amount of time. I mean, we had at least one, two, three, four. About 10, seven, seven or eight call-ups from NXT on Raw and SmackDown. I'm impressed. I really thought we'd get two, maybe three. I thought we'd get a different set. I didn't think we'd have like Hit Row moving up because one of those, one of the members just joined. Like <laughs> um, Ridge Holland seemed kind of weird out of place, but I guess if they're disbanding that faction, fair enough. Or whatever it is with the the brand that Pat McAfee had, and seeing some of that that shifting was really interesting. Um, a lot of the older guys didn't move around, right? Like Austin Theory technically is an NXT veteran, if you want to call him that. Mm -hmm. He moved up, so like that's that's more of the interesting stuff I think from that. And he's doing well on the roster so far. He's got a feud with Jeff Hardy going on, and I'm all for it. Hey, I heard that was the way you bury someone, so I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I, I it, again, it just depends on booking right i remember when they had that weird week where all the mcmahons came out and said like we're listening to you we're gonna fix the product and they called up six like superstars randomly is when like ec3 got brought up and they just did nothing with them like with call-ups it all just depends on booking so like i'm excited the talent is there i love hit row 
Zia Lee's been doing good things. Ridge Holland has been booked really well. But it just depends. Are they going to sit and do nothing and cool off? Or are you going to give them actual stories? I think that's one of the best things about NXT 2.0 right now, kind of jumping around, is they have these new people they're introducing, but immediately they're interacting with Ciampa. They're getting into NXT title shots. They're relevant members of the roster. If you just don't treat people like they're relevant, they become irrelevant. You know, it's not that hard of logic to follow. So I hope they're treated as relevant members of the roster and they're not just on main event doing, you know, nothing. Yeah, and the thing is, there's a lot of, like, either slow burns or way too fast burns. Like, Rhea Ripley, she was given way too fast to with Asuka and now she's starting to, like, find her actual groove in the roster and show and with uh, Nikki Ash. And then, like, you have Priest. It took him, like, six months of constantly in feuds. Riddle took forever to get to where he is. Like, some of them it took longer. Cross right now is kind of in that longer boat where, who knows, in two months he might finally be there. But then, like, Austin Theory is kind of getting pushed hard, and he was last time, what, a year and a half ago, and then he went back to NXT, so... It's a lot there, of There is also talk of them bringing over Walter, or they're trying to get him to come over here. Mm-hmm. I don't think that guy will need much time at all to adjust. I think he would just be great. Unless they do book him somehow, really, weirdly, which would not be good. But you can't mess that up, right? You can't mess up Walter. No, you can. Oh, you can. I've seen it. Walter's one of those who needs very specific booking. So that's the worst type of person to bring up to the main roster. You have like cross like was a bad idea. Yeah. Exactly. Walter is a terrible idea. Black or any like demonic character is a horrible idea. Even if Keith you Lee. need to be booked strong to work, Keith Bearcat Lee, let's be clear. Mm, if you need strong mm. booking, it's not going to work. You need to be able to be adjustable. You need to be able to be broken down, but then build yourself back up. He'd be great. I want to see him on main NXT, Walter, for sure, but not main roster because he will die. Vince does look big NXT. men, though. Give him a year in NXT, then transition him in. He's going to be missing Braun, you know, in a couple months. So mm-hmm. he needs to fill that fix somehow. Good spot for Walter. Oh, man, now I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up, dude. They, they can't I mean, mess this up and you talk to yourself into it. Going, oh, Here's, God, yeah. I was there for it. They can have him on NXT mm-hmm. for like a good, what, eight months? And then the last four months of that. Have them tour with SmackDown and Raw on the live shows. Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean, TV taped and like get the crowds in the major cities used to him, so that when he does appear, people are like, "Oh shit, that's Walter from UK." This no, is assuming he's going to. He does. He oh, yeah. said publicly he doesn't want to leave the UK. So yeah, he said regularly, stay. "I can always get on a plane." Like he doesn't want to stay in America. He'll fly. <laughs> so. Yeah. If you just need him once a week for SmackDown, okay. That's what you do. Or whatever it is, know. right? Has he even really mm-hmm. been on the UK brand? I keep forgetting to watch that on Thursdays. He hasn't been since he lost the title, but before that he was. No, we haven't seen him since. It's one of those kind of things, yeah. We haven't Dang. seen Dragunov, I don't think, either, just due to tapings. I yeah. think so they he's going to be on this week. Coming back. Okay. So they have saw fans coming back some week soon. So I assume they'll be mm-hmm. at those tapings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragunov was on the, the ad for this week's episode, yeah. Yeah, if you, consider the fa- if you consider the fact that their match was end of August, give it two weeks, that's mid, what, September? Yeah, they're probably healed up by now. And then filming <laughs> after that, yeah. Yeah, they're probably all healed up, took, took some time, they earned it. Um, 
to move on from the draft, uh, I've got in the notes here, and I'm not going to dwell on this one, but uh, Stallion Rogers, formerly Kurt Stallion. I just want to touch on this one because this came up after what we talked about last time with the whole Tommy Dreamer stuff and the Ric Flair stuff and the Carl Anderson stuff and people saying dumb things and then how they handle it. And uh, apparently Rogers said some very negative things, uh, homophobic, I do believe it was. And he owned up. He said, look, that was dumb. I shouldn't have said that. And I'm donating all proceeds of everything I make towards these charities and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, that's that's what I'm wanting to see. I said that about Dreamer. I said that about stuff. We don't want people to just be, oh, you said a bad thing? Burn him and get rid of him forever. He is gone. No, if they can learn and grow from this, okay, then you can choose to deal with them how you will and you can treat them that way, but they've at least moved forward. Um, again, not to dwell on that, but I just, I'm glad there's an example of one here. We'll see how it goes and where what he does with it from there, but that's kind of the whole point. It shouldn't be, you said one bad thing, you are condemned forever. No. No, if they realize and go, ah, you know what, that was dumb. Yeah, people are human. They're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. A question for you. So would you support if in, like, let's say three weeks for him, he comes out and, like, raps and make fun of it? Is no. that something you would support? Okay, Absolutely not. No, no. So, yeah, the acclaimed getting title shots and Tony Khan doing a rap segment involving celebrities referencing the rape joke rap that had Caster suspect. No, that's not how you handle it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, yeah. Yeah, the hell with all that. That's no. I'm I'm actually shaking my head in that moment. Like you, you can't see that. Obviously, we're not recording video on these, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and and we know who his friends are in the business mm-hmm. that like he does videos with. So like you know, he was just speaking out of his ass for some odd reason. Like he doesn't seem like a bad guy. I don't know why he was. I don't know. This is it's it just weird. This could be a dumb kid. He's young. Yeah. People do that. People make mistakes like that. The one I keep referencing is James Gunn, who said some really dumb, edgy stuff, and he admitted he said it to get a reaction. And Disney fired him from Guardians 3, and people were like, that was eight years ago. You knew about that when you hired him for Guardians 1. You know he's not like that then, you know he's not like that now. And he's owned up for it and said it was dumb. Then they went, you know what, you're right. He's grown and he's moved forward. We're rehiring him. That's, that's natural, that's human. But if he doubled down and said, "Ah, oh, people can't take a joke," yeah, no, you 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 are not remorseful. You're not upset of anything. Screw you, and you're not making scenes for your YouTube channel to get because you know Turner won't air it. Yeah, no, shake him head again. Damn it. Let's talk about something more positive. Uh, free the narrative. I'm just going to mention this along with the whole escape the Undertaker. Has anybody done that escape the Undertaker Netflix video? I did. Interactive movie thing. You did CT. Anybody else do it yet? I mean to. I forgot. Not yet. Bear me? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I want to. CT, what do you think of it? You know, I've, I it was fun for what it was. I have not found one of these interactive things I've not found to be boring in concept. But, like, it was it was fun. New, New Day are hilarious. Oh, God. So that yeah. was good. It, it really felt natural, those guys. Um, and... If you want to watch one more cinematic match by The Undertaker, you kind of can. <laughs> it's a half hour. You can go through all the stuff and get all the different things. It's worth exploring everything in it. It's a lot of fun. Kind of funny it's not on Peacock, but anyway. Um, 
it was fun though. It's it's well worth it. It's goofy fun. New Day make it. You're right. They they sell the whole thing. Uh, but the other thing that I watched, I, I mentioned Free the Narrative before. EC3's Vanity Project. What I mean, I'm going to call it that, and it is. Uh, the second one with Braun is so good. Yeah, it's heavy-handed and probably doesn't need to be an hour and a half because we get it. He's very wordy in his promos. I'm someone that can say that. Uh, but we get it, but that's kind of the point, too, and on and on and on. If you remember EC3 versus Moose from Bound for Glory, that cinematic match, this is an hour and a half ep like episode event of that with ongoing stuff from part one. Braun, or Adam Scher, the Titan. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. I easily recommend it. I don't think anybody else has watched it yet, though. So I'll leave it at that, because I still want them to. But... Who, the, when you guys heard that Braun, I, we keep, we're going to keep calling him Braun for a while. It's like calling it Moxley Ambrose. It's going to be a thing until it gets normal. When that news came out that Braun was doing that, and I know he's booked for a show in like Qatar next April, but were you guys surprised? Anybody that he's not done, as EC3 put it, one of the three letter brands, and he's done this kind of thing instead, and he's still not on those brands? Like, that. He, he's money, right? Like, what. CT, what do you think on this? I mean, he's a lot of money. I think it's a two-way street. It's a, he's asking for a lot for appearances, and also like he doesn't necessarily like. I mean, he doesn't love wrestling. Like, it's not like he was a wrestling fan who has been working in this business. He was doing something else. WWE scouted him, and now he's like, you know, wrestling is not his life, and he's even been very public recently about enjoying the break and, and not, you know, needing to get back into it. I genuinely wouldn't be shocked if he never really wrestled again. I mean, I know he's very close with EC3, which is probably how this came up. Um, but also he's expecting, you know, WWE money from Impact Wrestling. I don't quite know if they're delivering that. I don't know what's happening with their financial situation and contracts and such. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I would not be shocked if he debuted somewhere eventually. I be sh wouldn't be shocked if he just never did again. It doesn't seem like it's something like he's itching for. I think that's a good way to look at it, definitely. Uh, GMST, what are your thoughts on the Braun thing? Honestly, even like his recent interview that was on Control Narrative, he talks about like he has nothing against WWE. Nothing. He has no issue with Vince, Roman, like anyone there. And what I think is, it, if he does come back to actual wrestling, it'll be in like Impact, NWA, ROH, New Japan, like any company that has no like major issue with WWE. AW, I don't think he'd want to. Unless Bray is there, I don't see him wanting to do that. He doesn't seem like the guy that would want to. Mm -hmm. There seems to be some loyalty there, I can see for sure. Do any of y'all see him coming back to WWE? Maybe he's just trying to play the hardball and wait it out. Oh, yeah. I yeah, can, I, I can see he wants the money. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he wants a boatload of money. So he's going to wait it, wait it out. He's playing it smart. I mean, most of those guys are his family, so... Mm. I could also see Mark Henry trying to get him, but that's the only person AEW I could expect to try to get him because Mark Henry's who scouted him and trained him. So yeah, and Big Show. Yeah, Th those two I could see. I could see that. Um, with with the actual episode, because it, it really is a part two. It's it's a feature, whatever. There's a soundtrack on Spotify. It's ridiculous, but the whole thing with it too is when you watch the first one, it's all about getting Cardona to really expand and and face beyond what he is and, and, and grow. And then he literally went from that to GCW. Like that was kind of the, look, I can do this stuff. 
and now he's booked as part of GCW, and that's a whole thing. We'll get there. But with Braun, he... I'll just say this one part. He gets in the ring, and he's yelling at EC3, the last time we were across the ring, I hurt you. Because he legit did. And EC3 saying stuff like, because of that, I came up with this. This is all because of you. And that's how the story starts. Of the match. And it's in a warehouse situation again. And yeah, it's it's just a hell of a lot of fun. And Braun's awesome. Like, he, I I miss him on main wrestling. The, the number of clips that have come up lately of him and, like, Tyson Fury because the fight just happened and just the random stuff. Oh, Braun's money. Bra- like, so, there's something going on. It's weird, but uh, I don't know. You I want to add. You think the also, Saudi money would have brought him back, but I guess not. Oh, true. Um, Like, you mentioned Cardona. And the funny thing is Cardona went to AEW for a little bit. Didn't He did some things, but it wasn't massive. But now, like, Impact, he's every every pay-per-view he's there, whether it's a title match or not. And then he's big on GCW. Like, look at what Cardona's doing. And, like, EC3 went to Impact, did a pay-per-view. To ROH doing pay-per-views. Like, it's showing, like, even those indies now took a huge hit with AEW forming and taking a lot of their talent. They're still being able to push these people and continue to make them, like, grow. The alternatives more. are there, yeah. Cobb did one thing with AEW and chose not to sign. He, they offered them a, him a contract. He moved to Japan, and he's like one of the biggest new Japan right now, killing it. So. And, and Cardona even said yeah. he was expecting a contract offer, but it never came from AEW. He, he was expecting one. Would he have taken it? He's not sure. But I think it was on Jericho's podcast or Renee's. He's been on a bunch promoting stuff since GCW. But he said stuff like that. like He was figuring it was going to happen. It didn't. But his reaction was, oh, well, and he went off elsewhere. And even the GCW stuff, it got bigger than he expected and it became a problem to find bookings because he was booked so solidly already. <laughs> so it's fun to see these guys doing this stuff. And when you see Adam Share, the Titan, that's a, it's, we'll get there. We'll get there, Braun. But it, it, it's, it reminded me of when Dean Ambrose left and instantly, you know who John Moxley is. Zack Ryder? Yeah, Matt Cardona. We're, like, we're getting these names over. Even Sean Spears did that well. I'll give him credit for that, for, for what it's worth. So, Braun's in this mode now of getting there, but he did it on pay-per-view, and it worked. So, it's pretty wild um, to, to see stuff like that happening. But yeah, I definitely recommend it. Uh, to be fair, wait for three, Free the Narrative 3, because they'll probably give all the f- matches from 1 and 2 out for free, because they did that for the last one the moose match and stuff but i recommend it definitely check that stuff out it's a lot of fun to move on from that it's i've got written down the digital media title from impact but i'm pretty sure we talked about that already but maybe not i don't remember that's how bad it is because we chat on stuff anyway but it's the digital media title and i joked i'm gonna introduce the print media title like i get it matt cardona has the internet title so they can't call it that or they could i it's weird it's a sideways AEW-looking plate. It's whatever. But the other one is the TBS Championship, which we all joked about for a year. And now they're doing it for the women's division. And I'm, I'm not going to name names because I don't remember who said it, but guys on our own Discord said it's going to be good to build the women's division up when they launch this. If your women's division isn't strong enough to support two belts currently, why are you adding belt two? Also... It's when they move Dynamite to TBS in January. So is the tournament going to start there? Or are they going to have the finale on Dynamite on TBS? 
and have the entirety of the TBS women's title tournament not on TBS. There's a lot of unknowns right now. I don't know, but the belt looks weird because it looks too much like the TNT title with the TBS logo, which is not a great logo for a championship, but that's just victimizing what happened of it. But um, who's excited for more women's division in AEW? You asked who's excited, but I give no response. I know. There's a reason. I know. I'm not. Do you think <laughs> it's a problem to add a second belt like that? Like, do you think they could they can make this work, or is this just misguided? I mean, they can make anything work. We've talked about that before. It's yeah. how they book it. They could change instantly what they do. But my, my problem with AEW is, it's like, it, and I'm very casual. Like, I barely watch it. I know of maybe three wrestlers on it that are females. And one of them is the ch- the champion, and I don't see her losing anytime soon. So it's like I'm I'm first of all I'm not interested in AEW to begin with. But you're not doing anything by adding a second title. That's not going to draw me in. Now, if you had a few more women grow to the uh, size of Britt Baker as she is, then I might be into it. But Ruby Soho was huge when she debuted. We we're all into it. I haven't heard anything since. Like, I mean, it, again, we've talked about this AEW. It's a flash in the pan. They got the signee, they got the pop, they got the whatever match out of them, and then it went away. Well, I will say that that's from the casual spot of it. She's been featured regularly and is one of the featured matches for the upcoming Rampage. So she's been there. She just didn't win her title match, but she's yes. been there like day in, day out. She has been there. CT. Someone didn't watch Dark Elevation this week where she picked up a four-minute victory over someone. You I was, was going to go from the person who's the casual to the person who hates AEW. What's your thoughts on this thing? um i mean what can be said it's bad the title belt is normal size huge improvement from the last time they debuted a women's title i'll say that i didn't even realize that Um, you're right yes it also just looks incredibly better than their actual women's world title um which is hilarious that that one looks shittier than their secondary one um not excited kira hogan will probably win it other than that i have nothing to say it's not well i do have stuff to say like it's just it's a shit division. It isn't good right now with the booking. I'm sure the wrestlers are good. Nothing against them except for Kira Hogan. Don't like her. Um, but no, it's there's no point to this. And it's funny. More than anything, it's just like with AEW at this point, I've reached this point of enlightenment, one could say, over this four-week break from talking on the podcast where it's just like it's just funny. You can't take it seriously. You can't expect anything from it. You can't get mad. It is just like a mad libs of a comedian, like a comedy show. That's just like, how do we fuck up wrestling as much as possible and ruin it for as many people as possible and just do the worst decisions. And if you view it from that lens, it's hysterical. If you view it from anything else, I think you just have to cry. It's so bad. So I'm loving AEW right now just because it's funny. Like, of course they did a secondary world women's title. The complaint for three years have been that they can't book the women's division with one title. Of course they did. It's hilarious. Bear me, as someone who likes the current champ, to pivot off of that, <laughs> what's your thoughts on this TBS title? I I like the title. I like that it's a regular size title. But like CT said, it's kind of hard to take it seriously when they can't even book one women's title properly, let alone now two. I just don't see how this is going to go well, unless this means more time for the women, which will be really good because 
yes, the booking is terrible, but a lot of the women's wrestlers there are good. They got Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Jade Cargill, even though she's still kind of green. Just to name three of them, Ruby Soho, you know, Chris Statlander, she had a really good match with Britt Baker, so it's get it's you know it's getting better over there. But yeah, I just don't, I don't see how they can book this really well because I don't think they really book their whole show very well. So I don't have high hopes for it, but I hope it does do really well because I do like their women's division. Well, there's a lot of potential in the women's division, and the one thing that's interesting. Um, that's been something for years and years is the women's division has pretty much been the title match. And that's it. There's never mm-hmm. been secondary women's stories. And that's every company. Uh, that has been changing in the past probably decade now, I'd say is a fair way to put it. Uh, but what's interesting with this is it's almost like they're kind of forcing it to be, you know, it's the title match or it's the other title match with AEW so it, it is a way to kind of guarantee it but it, it is odd to see that that's how they have to push it then again they didn't need a TNT title but they did one and it turned out to be some good stuff so I, I'm not going to be surprised if the TBS title matches end up stealing the show from the AEW World Women's title matches that would not surprise me at all uh, GMSG what's your thoughts on this though to round it out uh, I found it funny that I didn't realize that the title was bigger um, the same if- if you literally look at Dynamite, which, honestly, that's their number one show. Rampage is smaller. It's one hour, so it's definitely less of a show right now. They have one women's match a week, at most, usually. And I just looked up the last, like, seven weeks. So, yeah, one match a week. And they've only had, other than the bow rolls being added to certain shows for the women, I think they've only had really one women's match on a pay-per-view for a while now. So it's just like, Okay, if you're bringing in the second title, are you going to have more matches? Or is this title going to be, like, just for Dark and Rampage on TBS? Oh, wait, no. It's, oh, man, is TNT title going to be changed to Rampage only? Oh, man, that's going to be confusing. Um, I don't... Oh, things are weird with them, and the names don't help because now they're connected to networks, and one show's going to be on one network, one's going to be on the other, so are the titles going to be switched with their shows? Like, I don't know. I don't they think need... it's it's so beholden to that because they've had these titles on pay-per-view, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it just it just feels weird that the TBS title and TNT title are going to be on the TNT show and TB or the TBS show while the TNT show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a thing. I don't I don't get what they're doing. Like people have been begging for the trio styles. I don't. I think they could use them, but I don't know if they want them. Like, they have, like, 30 tag teams. And they're constantly doing these faction fights all the time. So, why go for the second women's title when you have, like, five women that you basically use and everyone else is in squashes? They even have trios records on the the Kion and or the Kion and the uh, roster pages. They track that. Why would you track a division if you're not going to have a title for it? Yeah, and I just realized now they're going to have two singles women's divisions with two singles men's divisions, and that's already confusing enough because then you have two different champions, and then it's not like with ROH where they like have actual specific brackets. They kind of blend the two singles titles for the men, so they're going to probably do the same with this. So it's just like, mm-hmm. where's this? That's just, what, is there going to be a random champions versus championship show where it's the world champion versus TNT and then the women's world versus the TBS? Like... 
Yeah. They're doing their own Survivor Series? Ooh. Probably. It, it does really take, Scott, I'm happy you mentioned, like, a really certain level of stupid to track Trio's records when there's absolutely no, like, talks or possibility to have a Trio's title. It really takes a certain special somebody to, like, have that mental thought. So, <laughs> I mean, you brought that up. It, it just doesn't make sense. Like, oh. Especially not, when, not at all. <laughs> especially considering how much even they themselves have talked about it. Like you see them at conventions. I think Orange Cassidy was asked at New York Comic Con this past weekend about it, and he goes, "Is there a trio's title? No. Then I don't care." And it's in typical Orange Cassidy style, but still, like ev- everybody knows that a trio's thing would be something, and it would be the one thing to really make them stand out because the only trio's titles otherwise are. AAA and CMLL. Like, Mexico, it's a thing. It's trios. But New Japan has it. All Japan added one a couple of years ago. And, of course, Ring of Honor has theirs. So, AEW could have it and have something that no one else... Oh, well, okay, WWE's and hasn't. But they like that. So they could have something that they don't have. Um, yeah, it's... Like I said, I'm looking forward to the TBS title stealing the show. Because it will. Because I've liked TNT title matches better than AEW world title matches pretty regularly. So I'm looking forward to the women's mid card outperforming the main. That said, Britt Baker's awesome, but we'll see where they go from there. Um, like in comparison, it's like the fact that there's two sets of women's tag titles in WWE. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. That's a we, we've I've mentioned that one a couple times because of the two brands on WWE. They have each have a world title, each have a mid card, they each have a tag, they each have a women's. They have a shared women's tag. Well, that's odd. And then they decided NXT. Now you got one of each two, including a women's tag. What? What? Then why are why are there not two women's tags for one for all, one for SmackDown? Because the roster doesn't support it. I don't think AEW has a. I, you know, I, I say that wrong. AEW does have a women's roster that can support it, but they're that's pretty universally been something that people have crapped on. Like, the women's roster is utilized poorly. Adding a title isn't going to help. I hope I'm wrong, because it's going to force their hand. They're going to have cool title matches, and if we're getting Britt Baker and Nyla Rose again, cool. I'll have fun over here watching Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill for the TBS title. That sounds fun to me. Let's, let's, Let's go with that. That'd be cool, right? So, yeah. Uh, let's keep talking about AEW, though, with some fun stuff. Hey, Bear Me, Hangman came back. Hey, dude. Is he going to win? Cause yes. He, see, because he won the Casino Battle Royal, you see. And when you're in mm-hmm. AEW, and you're going to be in one of those, be the Joker. Because, like, Hangman did twice, and, like, Ruby did, and, like, Brian Cage did. You will win. Leo Rush didn't. Boo on him. Uh, but... It, it, this match is not even said yet for when it's he's getting his match with Omega. They didn't really make anything of a story of it, as far as I'm aware. T- t- to be fair, they haven't aired the follow-up since. It did main event the last Dynamite, but the follow-up, it's got to be like... Omega said he will not give a rematch. He will not give that match. He lost his match. Well, now he can't not, right? He's got it. He has the match. So... Is it full gear? Is it Dynamite? We don't know. We know it's not this coming Dynamite or this coming Rampage because that's happening on Friday and Saturday. We're, we'll, we'll get we'll get there, but with with the situation with Hangman, here we go again. And I know CT, you said specifically before you were pretty convinced that 
he was not going to win it all out if he faced Omega. I feel like that was probably the plan originally, but then with the signings and with him going for the paternity with his, his new kid and congratulations there, it's obvious he wasn't going to win that after all. Like when push came to shove, no, you weren't. Christian stepped in. Do we see Hangman winning now or is that time just past? Because people talk about how great that pop was when he came back. It was good. It wasn't like an Adam Cole pop. You, you want to hear a pop at AEW, that's the one to beat. Is Hangman going to win the title? I think he's going to win the title. CT, what do you think? I mean, it's hard to predict with this company, right? It feels like he kind of has to, right? Like, why bring him back and put him immediately into the title feud? And like, in the high, crowd is so behind him and online. Everyone wants him to be the one. But at the same time, why are you building Omega Brian for the title? You did the no contest 30 minute time limit specifically to build to that title match. So like either way, you're either just fucking over Hangman Page or you are just not doing what you built to, which is very strange. I, I really don't know. I feel like he has to. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I still stand by. He was not going to it all out. I think that was not the plan. I think that if he wins it now, it was a change of plans. Um, I'm going to go with he wins just because I like to be hopeful, but I really don't know. <laughs> Red, what do you see on this? So, I'm conflicted because I, I feel like, first of all, they did the whole uh, stipulation that if he lost that match, he doesn't get a title shot. But then he comes back and wins the title shot. First of all, I don't understand that. Don't make a stipulation just for you guys to book against it three months later after he had his vacation for his wife giving birth, like whatever. But I, I feel like they had Daniel Bryan go to the limit with Kenny Omega just to tease like a future match where they're going to have some no DQ or some bullshit where there is no finish. But then he's going to be like, see, you got two chances. You can't beat me. And then Hangman comes out. Do I see Hangman winning? Yes. But do I see Hangman winning anytime soon? I think they're going to stretch this out another three or four months. Probably. I could see that. Um, the thing the thing with the title shot that he lost, as far as I understood it, he had earned a shot. And when it was him and the Dark Order against the Elite, he lost that shot. It wasn't one of those, as long as I'm champion, you don't get a shot situations. It was just, got to start over. And he did, and went right to the top. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think you're right. I think it's going to be a while yet. He's, he's not going to win it anytime soon. I, I think that's probably it. If he does win it, he'll be transitional, unfortunately, because he's going to drop into someone quick, I feel. like Adam can, I, can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah. Like, with um with, with Hangman Page, like, if he does not win this tier, this guy has been, like, built up to be, like, your your face well was your face of your company so they start bringing all these people but he was like the guy right like you could you could see him potentially leading your company for the next 10 years like him and mjf are like the two people you know what i mean like building your stars not not the elite or like the homegrown or not the leader you know from outside wwe so if you have hangman loose here it's like that's the story you told like omega was better than him at this whole stop and he could just never beat omega is this really the story you want to tell with Hangman? I don't think that's what they want to tell, and that's why I think they're going to have Hangman win. He might Move. be a transitional champ and drop it to MJF, but I I don't know. 
I just don't see. I just don't see Hangman losing. Moose, um, moose, yeah. moose. Question: This is a different guys. company, dude. Different Impact's company. been doing that for years. James yeah. Storm got screwed. Or Bobby Roode got screwed of that, and James Storm won it after all and lost it to Roode two days later. And Roode had a great heel run. I've seen this stuff for over a decade in other companies. I could easily see it where Hangman gets it, drops it to MJF pretty quick. I'm a fighting champion. Loses it Wednesday. And people yeah. get upset and get sad and want him to win it again. Like, it's it's that situation. And you end up being the AWA by teasing Hogan as the win, but never really having it. I, I, we've seen it all. We're not saying this stuff, oh, they're doing a the bad thing. No, we're coming at this from different angles of stuff we've experienced. But they're not going to screw it up, right? The fact that we're don't... still talking about Hangman in October, <laughs> when this should have been double or nothing, is kind of the point. I just I don't, don't like know why anyone either. would have faith in this. No. Like, AEW, the tag titles has done this multiple times. Women's title, I don't think they have. They've had some questionable stuff. The TNT title they've done multiple times. Like, why would anyone have faith, historically even just looking, in this company like, oh, they will pull the trigger when it's hot and do it all correctly. They never have. Like, I'm sorry, I was in a Discord today, and people, I was like, I don't know how people have faith when for two three years at this point they fucked it up at almost every single turn there's been a couple matches a couple good moments but historically they've dropped the ball so i think if you expect them to do anything but drop the ball you're literally insane the definition of crazy is doing two things this doing two things uh, well doing this doing something twice boy i can't even get it out that's how crazy i guess i am doing something twice and expecting different results each time if you keep putting your faith in this, I mean, I guess it's similar to WWE. They've been putting faith in WWE for like 30 years, some people, and it still drops the ball for them. So I don't know. I, I just think if someone fails you 20 times, don't expect 20, you know, number 21 to be special. The Joker card isn't always great. Most of these guys' contract is ending this upcoming year, correct? Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of three, them three year years. contracts, yes. Any chance Hangman's dipping out? Like, I know he's a bro, he's a buddy, they're probably going to try to pay him at the ass, but, like, unless they have an end goal of him continuing to be this baby face that's eventually going to get this grand win, like, if they're just like, no, we're just going to keep stringing you along, like, would he want to go somewhere else? I could see it. I talked about that last I time. I don't know, yeah. I, I talked about last would. time. A I mean, lot of guys have that in their bones. I gotta see if I can make it there. And you know, after turning down being the face of NXT, getting paid main roster money, that's documented. He turned that down to do this instead with his friends. There's probably a level of, not even jealousy seeing them all win titles. Literally. All of them win titles. He's been main event. He's been the face. He's been immersed. He's been top tier. But he just hasn't gotten it. And he should have been the main event against Omega, not Pac and Cassidy, at Doubler. Nothing. Should have been over the summer. Should have been it all out. Okay, things happened there. It I could easily see it happening. Or he does what Scorpio Sky did and signs for five more years. I just <laughs> want to say, I think this um, upcoming match with Omega will tell you a lot about oh, yeah. Hangman's future with this company. GMST, we, we've talked around you quite a bit here. Um, that Moose comparison from CT was apt as well. He is AEW's Moose. Like... It's tragic to see how over he is organically. It, it really is when you think of the guys like 
and again, I'm pulling back from history here, but you think about Daniel Bryan before he really had his WrestleMania 30 run. You go back to stuff. Yeah, I know it's a name, but Benoit never win the big one before he had it. These kind of guys where the fans want it. Hell, Dean Ambrose. The, the people want these guys as champion. Kofi. Hangman's turning into that, I feel. But AEW, historically, for what CT said, right or wrong, with their history, yeah, they dropped the ball a lot, but they eventually get there. But you can't rely on that. Is that what we're seeing here, do you think, with Hangman? Do you think they're going to do it, or is it just too late and they've moved on already? I mean, didn't this year, like, start off with a pay-per-view where he was facing Matt Harney for their paychecks? Like, Yeah. I yeah. mean... And then he Honestly, killed it with Brian I, Cage in an opener at Double or Nothing instead of being in the and, main event. And for the he was title. on the opener with that against yeah. Brian Cage. And that yeah. he, here's the thing to look at it: Brian Cage and Lance Archer, two major stars, can't even win the mid card titles or even the world title. Like they were undefeated. Nah. Hank. People keep saying Hangman. He's gonna get. He's gonna get. Christian had to win the Impact title. That's what's in their head. Christian had to win the Impact title from Omega. And he didn't lose the AAA title to Andrade either. So, I don't know. I don't see Hangman winning right now. Because why just... He just comes back, wins an opportunity, and he's going to win it. But they've had... like It's the same thing with the freaking Jurassic Express with the tag titles. Why the hell were they in the feud? Got screwed over. Then lost the tournament to get the tag title shots. And are still in a feud with them. And the tag champs are just nowhere to be found with those two groups yeah like i don't get what they're doing with these faction wars and then these oh daniel bryan's here he must have issues with adam cole and now he's like facing bobby fish so like it i don't anything we supposedly hear that tony khan runs all this which now is starting to make sense why certain things just seem like they're just missing something in between parts of these stories because Hangman just gets put back in immediately as he comes back. And it's only been a month and a half since the show, so I he could win it next month, but I don't see it. Remember in, like, May and June when we all were like, okay, this summer is going to suck, but then Omega is going to lose all of his titles within a month and it's going to be fine. Those were good times. <laughs> I, I think that was the plan until Hangman... Uh, had his kid because I don't think we would have got Christian and Omega and I think they had to pull a plan B so here comes Christian Cage to win the Impact title because Impact Christian they're kind of synonymous so that this really is the end of Omega's title reigns it's just going to take longer I don't know why they didn't have Omega drop the AAA title I mean Tony Khan didn't want him to or that was the big thing AAA didn't want it Omega wanted to he actually said it would be awesome yeah. if Flair cost me. He was excited about oh, it. Oh, God. But AAA was like, <laughs> yes, no, no, the, you're going to keep it. Yeah, they're all kind of just... It, it all just kind of went awry once Hangman, at least, Hangman's kid was on the way. At I least think. Omega didn't dethrone Nick Aldis. We can all be happy about that. <laughs> oh, God, oh, my yeah. gosh. Or Ibushi at the time. Yeah, Could have been so much worse. <sighs> now, speaking of Tony Khan... Um, we'll get, no, you know what? We'll get to, we'll get to that. We'll get that. CT, it's, it's been, it's been four weeks since I got to ask this. Hey, what's up with New Japan? Oh my gosh. We, uh, I totally forgot that, like, we do this. The G1's <laughs> happening. Maybe three quarters, uh, just over three quarters through the G1 
going great. Um, some, you know, Naito got taken out. I don't know if my statement got read on air last week, but that was pretty sad. Um, the rest of it has been great, though. I mean, it's been great matches. Uh, nothing too shocking, but, you know, it's been a great showing for Cobb, especially. Um, and we should have our finals, I think, within the week, maybe in a couple weeks. So it's going good. CT showing that unlike Rab, he doesn't even listen to it when he's on it. Um, I listen to ha- I listen to the first half. Okay, no, then I did. I, I did say stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm still <laughs> needing to find the time um, to listen to the second half. That's fair. But then I heard I heard that you called GMSG me my oh, name when I wasn't even here. So that kind of like bad. sour soured yeah. the experience, didn't it? <laughs> Easily the worst one I've ever done. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now what? So, but but beyond that, there's also strong, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Wow, see New Japan coming at you at all angles. Strong moved to Saturdays, and they've been killing it. They're in front of live crowds. They just held possibly, in my opinion, the best Strong uh, show ever. It was Fred Rosser, Darren Young, aka, uh, versus Suzuki. And then you got a Strong title match with Tom Lawler versus Ren Narita, which you watched, Scott, because I was like, you need to watch this. It's one of my favorite matches of the year. And then you got Jay White versus Robbie Eagles. Basically, imagine like IC title versus cruiserweight title, champion versus champion, which was a great match. Um, it, great stuff. I'm loving Strong right now. I said before when it was um, what they're not rebellion. What was their resurgence? I said like, oh, they're really making Strong be a must-watch show, and it's currently the best hour, hour and a half of wrestling every week, easily. So like. You know what? I will definitely take it, and I think it's definitely great. I just, you know, more eyes need to be on it because it is great. See, it's good. We can have CT talk positive about stuff. <laughs> we just gotta get. I do like wrestling, guys? We... Isn't that crazy yeah. to think? Some days, some days it seems like I don't. I really do sometimes. No, he but... knows who to acknowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's I, I that Narita Lawler match. My God, that was so good. It's yeah, it's the the, the feel of that event too was weirdly like it was in Japan. <laughs> like, I don't know, the way the camera work was done and the look of it, except there were Americans in the audience. It was weird. It was really weird. Uh, but I, I loved it. It was really good. And yeah, that's our that's our brief tangent. Now, well, you know what, Tony Khan, we'll save you for last because we know how to put a main event proper. Uh, GCW. GCW has been doing awesome as well. And I want to go right back to you with that, CT, because um, you said GCW might be, like, on your thoughts for promotion of the year kind of thing? What? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I was kind of shocked that, like, I mentioned this in the group chat, and some people really took this as being a hot take. Now, look, I love New Japan. Easily the best product overall of the year. Like, by far, best company maybe ever. Love them. So no hate towards them. I think for the best, like, quality content... New Japan easily wins. I don't even watch GCW, though, so that's kind of unfair to say. But no other company has bettered themselves and grown themselves to be such a big name and big deal as GCW this year. GCW is killing it. Every single show matters. They've built up stars like Cardona has like reinvented himself there. You have so many eyes on the product. It's actually getting into mainstream attention, which not a lot of companies are. Like Impact isn't mainstream. ROH sure isn't mainstream. AEW is more so, but like GCW is really, you know, getting there. And I just think like this company 
there's no other company that has like impressed me and really upped themselves like GCW. Like this is what a promotion does. AEW has grown, some would say, uh, definitely with partnerships and stuff, but it's been nothing like, um, you know, to where it's shocking or like off course for what that company was going to be or what that company was going to do. Look at CCW. That's a company that has failed to evolve and grow for decades now. And GCW comes along and is finding the right path to really become something bigger. It's not just CZW2. You know, I think that was kind of a misconception a lot of people had. It's becoming so much bigger. Um, and it's really great to see. I'm really happy for them. Uh, they also now hold exclusive rights to running shows in San Diego. So I kind of have to like them, I guess. Um, <laughs> but no, I just think like no other promotion as a promotion has done what GCW has done. New Japan's great, but they're not currently growing like GCW is. Um, I just think it's like easy for me to say promotion of the year right now but maybe that's a hot take maybe i'm just crazy maybe we should just give it to tony khan and AEW. who knows well i think i think part of it um with it's easy to say like they're the most interesting or at least i, I i'm always keen to see what they're doing because every time you think it's going to get crazy or like they can't top themselves it's minoru suzuki versus jonathan gresham oh, okay and then this, and then this, and then, like, they keep doing it. Now they're going to the Hammerstein Ballroom, and it's like, oh, they just keep escalating it and keep growing it. And it's just, and like they deliver, unlike yeah. AEW. AEW, we'll get to it. But, like, they gave a mm. Suzuki Moxley. That match I tuned in for made me not want to watch them ever again. GCW had a Suzuki Gresham. I tuned in. Oh, I want to watch your matches more. Like, they're doing what AEW should be doing. Now, with a lot of what I was saying earlier about how Cardona brought eyes to the product. Suzuki brought our eyes to this one because we got, I think it was called Highest in the Room. And it's one of those indie promotions that's goofy names for shows, yes. But that match was awesome. And we saw a bunch of other matches and there was some good stuff. Now, admittedly, some of their production needs some work. They got to work on like the ring announcing and some of the sound. And we knew that with the Danhausen stuff and Ron Funches and Tony Deppen. There's some aspects that need need work, but... As they grow like this and go to events like the Hammerstein Ballroom, we'll get there. It's fine. It's cool. They're growing. They literally are growing. Um, with that, was there anything else on GCW on that event or, I don't know, the blood sports that make you go, damn, I want to watch more of that. Or you've got my attention for more of this. Like, obviously, GCW has your attention, right? Yeah, I mean, blood sports are clearly, I mean, <laughs> once you watch one blood sport, it's kind of like a cult. You're in it, you know? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I can't think of anyone I've ever talked to who watched a Bloodsport and was like, eh, it was fine. Like, of course you want to watch Bloodsports. Um, for Highest in the Room, I actually only really watch the main event. Actually, I guess I watched the match prior where Dan Housen got involved and that was fun. Um, but really the Cardona stuff and that main event scene now with Moxley and Gage, and even though I don't really like Gage, like that stuff and the developments there really have just been like engaging. I'm interested in what Cardona does next. I'm interested in what Effie does next. And the Cardona Effie stuff has been really great. Um, Alley Cat has been great. Like there's all these things and it's actually like engaging me, which is the goal of a product, mm -hmm. right? The goal of a TV show is to engage you. So you want to see what happens next. GCW is doing that. Good on you. I know people online are saying they're a solid number three because WWE and AEW I would argue they're not even above an Impact or an ROH as far as, like, production or promotion or scale. 
but maybe interest yeah like I, I know people that don't care about ROH that love GCW stuff from what I've seen but even like MLW like uh, Alexander Hammerstone got that title in a great match with Fatu the head of another table and it's like wrestling's fun all over the place right now but with this I'll, I'll jump over to uh, to GMSG here because I've got a name written down. I almost forgot about this. I mentioned ROH. The Forbidden Door is still open. The Briscoes just showed up too. It's still going. They're constantly getting more. And it's even funnier because I didn't realize when I went to the AIW show that I got to see the GCW Tag Team Champions live in separate singles matches that were both hardcore. So, yeah. Yeah, you that learned was, that those guys were the champions watching highest in the room going, wait a minute, I saw those guys live. <laughs> they're the yeah, champions, they're awesome. what? <laughs> well, they were in separate matches, and one of them had a ECW legend as a manager, so I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, these guys are, wait, what? They, oh, okay. Shocked they weren't together at some point in that show, but they're awesome. Briscoe's, they're them boys, so I, I can't wait to see how that goes. I mean, I was going to mention the CT, I was the one that was like, wait, seriously? When he's mentioned GCW and that, I think they're definitely the most improved, guaranteed, mm -hmm. of all the promotions I've seen easily. And they're starting to get to the point where they're close to, like, ROH Impact and starting to get past that barrier to, like, eventually get near New Japan and AEW status under WWE. So if they keep pushing, getting talents from different shows, it's going to be interesting because then contracts get involved and the Forbidden Doors aren't so really open once you get higher and higher so yeah we'll see how that goes we're, we're in an era where people are saying like oh this person should be signed and you know hammerstone's like i am signed like it, it's that kind of thing like i am i'm signed to a contract with with mlw like people don't think of that they're just on the indies but we're getting there and i can't really recall the last time our promotion grew up into this state like obviously wwf WCW, AWA World Class, like the old ones, those ones were always kind of there doing their thing, plus the NWA. And then ECW kind of formed and rose from Eastern to Extreme. That's probably one that did. ROH and TNA both kind of started, and there they are. MLW started, and there it is. And CZW started, and there it is. And GCW started, and there it is. And oh, look at it now. Like, I, I can't think of any other that has... Please, anybody, if I'm wrong, tweet me. By all means, flood my inbox with that. But, like I said, most improved? Absolutely. Is it number three? No. But is it one that I care more about than many others? Yeah. It definitely it is. feels like an ECW, doesn't it? Like, it, I didn't connect that dots until you just said it, which is funny because I know we've talked about stylistically. Mm -hmm. But, like, on every level, it just feels like an ECW. Huh. And a big part of what they do is they'll have their normal shows with a bit of everybody. They'll have Effie's Big Gay Brunch shows. They'll have Josh Barnett's Bloodsport shows. They'll do themed shows. They'll do a bit of everything and cater to everybody. So it's not a case of like, this is our product and how it always is. No, tonight is going to be this. Like I, the, the one that made me laugh that made GMSG automatically jump over to the live 24-hour one was Effie versus Homicide. <laughs> oh my god. It's like, wait, what? That's happening right now? I'm watching it. Like, it's... It's great. And they also have shows every day, apparently. Every day, I feel like I come on the Discord and you've posted a link to a GCW show that's live streaming on YouTube. Yeah, because normally so. when they do their main show, they're also doing stuff in the afternoon free on YouTube, which is a lot of the same stars. It's, it's pretty great. So they, they definitely have a good balance of giving it away versus making it pay for it. Like, you want to watch Suzuki matches, you got to pay for it. I'll pay 14 bucks. Sure. That's fine. 
uh, two shows on a weekend for 25? Sure. I know Bloodsport, I think, is 20. Well worth it. That's going to be next weekend, I think, or the weekend after. It doesn't matter. I'm watching the hell out of that. That's going to be great. Uh, bear me. I've kind of skipped over you on this. You followed the Bloodsport stuff as well, but do you care about GCW overall? Like, what's... That's a weird question to ask, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, I would say that I do. I don't follow it, like, hardcore, but... I mean, I do. I will watch it. I want. I want to go back and watch Suzuki versus Gresham because mm-hmm. I mean, I just love Jonathan Gresham and Suzuki just rules. So I need to see that. But uh, yeah, I I think they're doing everything the right way. They're bringing in people from different companies. It's getting a lot of eyes onto the brand, and I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. And we always watch like the blood sports and stuff, and it's always a good time and it's always a really good show. So. Yeah, I'm kind of hyped for GCW. Can't believe I just said that. Yeah, hyped. No, Red, I know I, m- I make it a, a almost a running joke sometimes, and I don't mean that for this. <laughs> but I know you don't know a lot of these guys. You don't know much about a lot of the indie stuff because you just don't watch them. I get it. But from the GCW stuff, has any of this piqued your interest or caught your eye? Because you see all the stuff I post in our top of the card Discord chat. You know what, what all the stuff is. Does it ever catch your eye? Go, oh, that looks cool. That looks interesting. See, so... Uh... Actually, I'm kind of interested in the next show. I want to watch it just for the fact that it is an indie show, really small base. But the things that they've been doing, the people they've been bringing in, I actually know something about. Like, I, I mean, woo woo woo. I, I know him. Like, but I don't know him, Cardona, but I know Zack Ryder. But his whole thing with Nick Gage and they win the title and all that that started the peak of the interest. But then this last show with Briscoe showing up, which I, I wish they'd be somewhere else than ROH. I think they'd be Mega Stars. I, I'm fine with them being ROH, but they're great. I think them versus Usos would probably be a dream match. Oh, but yeah. uh, Thunder Rosa coming over there, like they're starting to bring some names over that I'm a casual fan, but I know them. And you bring me into that, then you introduce me to new people, then I stay. Mm-hmm. Like it's an easy way to just bring in a couple names to show your talent. Whereas I, I know I harp on AEW all the time. They bring in WWE's talent, but they ignore their own talent and they focus everything on the new talent. It's it's almost the exact opposite of what GCW is doing, and you see which way I'm going. So maybe they do need to fix their their uh, plans. Well, that goes right to what uh, CT said about Effie and guys like that and getting your attention. It's like, okay, so what's going on with this story? Oh, oh, okay, this is fun. And now you care about him outside of context, right? Like just to see what else there could be and. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a lot of fun with GCW stuff. I'm I'm really enjoying it, and it really feels like it can only go up. And every time I figure I don't know how, and it's peaked, they find a way. So I'm very very intrigued with uh, what's going on with that. And I think there we're pretty much at the point where we just talk about the fact that. We, we, we've got we've got Crown Jewel, and I have written down Saudi stuff, and we were going to talk about that, and the King of the Ring, and the, the Queen's Crown, and the match length, and people seeming to be more upset about the length of the matches than who actually won them, and, you know, reasons to be upset, whatever. They should be longer matches. It's the, the King of the Ring for the women, I get it. Yeah. But, but we can talk about that after. We can talk about Saudi stuff after, because that's going to deserve a lot more time than that, because we've hit our hour. But, it is the weekend of Canadian Thanksgiving, and they've given us something on the day of recording instead of the day after because AEW announced that well first 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 let's let's counter let's counter program here WWE announced 
there's going to be a commercial half-hour extra of SmackDown that overlaps with Rampage. Tony Khan tweeted saying, thank you for the fight. Had a Forbes article. Things went from there. And now they've announced on YouTube the buy-in. A lead-in for a episode of Rampage, which has absolutely nothing special aside from any other episode of Rampage. With free matches including Lee Moriarty versus Bobby Fish and Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki for free on YouTube as a lead-in. This is Tuesday. They announced this for Friday. This is for free. CT, I said this earlier and we had a good laugh about it. How can you have a buy-in for a TV show that you can't continue watching on your computer? On YouTube, you can't go from YouTube or, or the uh, Bleacher Report or whatever it is, and then continue watching it. And also, it's it's not like you're gonna watch it instead of SmackDown. You're gonna watch both. It's on YouTube. It's on your phone. I could be watching it while I record this. That it's it's not taking viewers away. Let's be honest. It's it. The bottom line is, it's a fantastic match. I absolutely love it. It's gonna be amazing to watch. It's one that I hoped for. And there could have been a little bit of story where you just give Brian a mic for five minutes saying, if I can't face Omega, I'll face everybody else I've wanted to face. Give me somebody. And then Suzuki's music starts. And it gets epic. And you keep going forward. And it's going to be awesome. But instead, they just announced it's going to be a thing. Here's the match. Here we go. I... CT, I'm tagging you in. I'm sorry you asked me about Jacob Fatsu finally losing the MLW Heavyweight Championship because I thought it was a great moment. Um, no, I f- don't want to talk about this. Um, it's not good, is it? Um, a lot of people, a lot of t- interesting takes today, not to name names, but people saying they'd be okay with Brock Lesnar and Walter on the kickoff show of a weekly episode of Main Event. You know, just kind of shows the loyalty here. Um, it's not good, is it, right? This is a genuine dream match, probably one of the biggest. Suzuki, known for a brawler, but also known for his technical style versus Brian Danielson. And, you know, to put it randomly as a petty show on YouTube, simply to try to up your views, but then again, like you mentioned, it doesn't really work because no one can go from just watching YouTube or watching the buy-in to watching the main show and it doesn't necessarily mean people would want to watch the main show because there isn't really any matches on it. When you do it for a pay-per-view, for example, you hype the pay-per-view, you get someone to buy the pay-per-view during the kickoff show, and then they kind of have to, or at least you got their money or whatever. It really makes no sense why you would have Bobby Fish, a new person that you're really trying to build and has not some name value there, and then just a genuine dream match. Um, it makes no sense. I put those on Rampage. It would have worked just fine. Tony Khan, everyone who's saying like, oh, it's not about the war for the factions. Number one, Tony Khan just tweets about that. So it is. It's a war between the different companies. But then this is just like a petty, really stupid waste of everything to do that. And like, it's going to fail. Like, you're not going to beat SmackDown. And I genuinely think he like, thinks that he can beat SmackDown. He's giving it his all on this short of notice, and it's just frustrating. I want to watch this match. I wanted Moxley versus Suzuki too, and you ruined it. And this is what I said when that match happened. I said, this is bigger than it seems. It's not just a funny meme, lol, they cut off their theme music. 
this has killed trust or faith or hope any New Japan fan would have in the company because you ruined a dream match. You ruined a match we really want to see. Historically now, I would have to be insane to think, oh, but they're going to do this one correctly because they failed the last one. Um, I'm not excited for this. I'm not going to watch immediately. I will watch on YouTube after. I guess that's the good thing about YouTube is you can just stream it again. Um, but it's just it's a waste of time. It's a waste of a dream match. And Tony Khan continually continues to ruin my life as a wrestling fan. Everything he does just directly hurts my experience as a fan of New Japan and as a fan of wrestling. So I hate this man. I don't like AEW and I don't like this match. So and I don't like anyone defending it because you're I think you're genuinely stupid. But that's my opinion. Well, uh, good way to end that CT, I guess. Um, damn. Yeah. It... The entire time they've been talking about these rating wars. Oh, the demo, the demo, this. SmackDown's demo beats AEW Rampage's entire viewing audience right now. AEW is on a free fall. People are saying, oh, why'd they get this extra half hour? Why haven't they done this before with SmackDown? Well, here's the thing. SmackDown's on Fox. Local news is on at 10. That's why they cut off at like 9.58, 9.57, so they don't mess with the news. Because MLB playoffs are happening, which... Sorry to break this to you, wrestling fans. American sports, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, Olympics, they take precedent over wrestling every single day. And the fact that MLB playoffs are going to be on Fox, well, that moves them to FS1. So now they don't have a restraint for the half hour. It's their debut of their season. Go, or and it's going to be, I think, wait, when's the show? Yeah, it's going to be the go-home show for Saudi. They're going to do everything they can to make the show great because they're going to lose it. some viewers. It depends because earlier before this, Red and I were looking at our networks. It's going to be on Fox for me for some reason in Ohio. It's not going to be on Fox for him in, in uh, Virginia. So thing, it depends on the country. So they're not only going to get Fox ratings for a lot of this country probably. They're going to get Fox Sports 1's first viewing of it. They're going to get Fox Sports viewing again. And people keep saying, oh, Vince is reacting to imp- or um, AEW's doing all these signings and that. If they carried about Rampage after Punk debuted, they would have definitely changed things up on SmackDown. But they really didn't. They didn't force FS1 to have them while having it on Fox. Right now, Tony Khan's having a full-on meltdown on Twitter. He's tweeting every five minutes. So we'll see how this goes. They're not going to beat him in ratings. They're just not. And they're going to use YouTube because, oh, the views can count. People can watch YouTube while watching TV. Yeah, it, it's going to... Tony, you can keep moving the goalposts, but it's not going to help you. Just like it's not helping your Jaguars. Or your football team. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting with the idea of using the YouTube show, which there's no reason for that show, by the way. And... Like it, it's it's not a fancy episode of Rampage. It's not like it's the second dance or whatever they want to call this one. Almost every one of their shows is a special theme, and that this one isn't. It's just got a couple matches, which, like I said, really aren't anything different from any other. And I've made this joke before, and I hate that it keeps being true, but Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, excuse me, has only opened AEW shows. Like, yeah, there's been episodes where they had tapings of stuff beforehand, obviously, but he's only been on the opening match of their shows. 
one he's wrestled. Maybe he'll main event this one, you know, which is a glorified dark match on their pre-show. Like, it, it's legitimately pre-show. It's the buy-in. There's no way around this. And for, for years, the complaint has been, oh, it, it shouldn't be on the kickoff. It sucks it's on hour one, like the six-man tag for ROH has been there before. It's like, oh, I wish it was on the main show. I'd rather watch that. And, like, the Intercontinental title in WWE has been relegated to the main, the pre-show for years. But it's okay when AEW does it. And I tried, I wanted to avoid the direct comparisons, whatever, but it's just, it, it is. It's literally Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. The biggest draw you have, the guy who's quite literally, because of his match, on par with Kenny Omega, period, dot, factually done, 30-minute draw. He's on the kickoff. He's on a dark match that they're broadcasting. But it's, you know, there's no war. <clears throat> yeah, it's... If anybody says the competition, whatever, it's 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 there, and yet Brian's is happy. He's he's happy to wrestle Suzuki. I, it's like that. That's a cool thing. Until today, I was actually looking forward to saying that with the way things are going and with the way guys like Moxley can be everywhere. Like the running joke with Moxley is he goes to AEW and says I want to work the independents, and they say what ones, and his answer is yes, and their answer is okay. And he just goes and he faces everybody everywhere. I figured that's got to be Danielson, like, sooner than later. So I was betting that he was going to show up at the end of War Ready, the next GCW show, leading to a match at Hammerstein. Maybe against Suzuki, who knows? He's fighting Suzuki Friday on YouTube for free. Yet again... People are going to say afterwards, and I've seen it already, actually, but people are going to say, I would have paid for that. I don't know about you, but if I'm running a business and I constantly have people saying, I would have paid for that, I need to turn around and start getting people to pay for that. And if you're like, oh, that's greedy. No, that's stupid to give up the fact of running a business and having people pay for things. I don't know. Call me crazy. <sighs> Yeah, Jeremy, what's your what's your take on this? Honestly, I you guys have kind of taken the words out of my mouth. Like you like you said, Scott, AEW gives you everything for free, even though they shouldn't. That's, that's I think that was your quote. Yeah, that's it quote. was, and that's it keeps getting I even better, it. doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah, that, that, I, use it, I use it every episode. That's aged well. <laughs> it and, has, and we're not happy they about keep it. Putting the cart. Like yeah, they keep putting the cart before the horse. It's just. Not, yeah. yeah, I yeah, that's uh, really pretty much all I got to say about it because you guys have done such a good job of explaining everything that I'm totally in agreement with. Like I get it; it's going to be a fun match. I'm looking forward to it. It's for everybody who says it's going to get mm -hmm. more time than on on Rampage or on Dynamite. No, it's not. It's it's they're just broadcasting on YouTube. It's not going to be any more time. It's going to be one of two matches, so at most a half hour, probably less. It's going to be Suzuki, probably 10, 12, 15 minutes, if that. No commercials. Still will probably have picture in picture with their own stuff. It's it's a broadcast event. It's it's the buy-in. It's going to advertise the weekend shows. They're going to have to keep recapping all the shows that are going to happen. You know, the main card stuff. That's the actual thing. That's the meat of the story. The, the buy-in is meant to get you to want to see the rest of the show. It shouldn't give you the best part. Right. Can I uh, play devil's advocate? Absolutely. 
All right, because I know everyone in here is like, oh, it's a bad decision, it's a bad decision. I'm just going to throw this out here, and I want to see if you guys could see it this way. Is there any chance that they're throwing this on YouTube? Because one, they can't get TNT time. But during SmackDown, you're watching matches, and it's going to be two and a half hours, which means the good stuff's going to happen at the hour marks and the ending, correct? Maybe. If you're watching SmackDown and you get bored, you go to AEW, or you go to their YouTube and you watch this Daniel Bryan match because you're like, I'm going to go watch good wrestling because SmackDown's dead right now. Do you think they're doing this to try to steal some fans over and be like, hey, we do have good matches. You're bored over there. Come over here. They're not going to steal anybody. Because I I, I can watch TV and then just turn on my phone and watch the YouTube. They're not taking me away from watching SmackDown. It's still happening. I'm not changing any channel. An hour later. Yeah. They also... um... But I, I get what you're saying. You, yes, historically, that's doing. Yes. SmackDown is doing, what is it, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks as the main event with no commercials for that last 30 minutes. Yeah. So, like, they're definitely not going to have, like, shit. It's going to be a pretty good match. Then good on the women getting that spot, too. Right. But Rampage will be on during that. I'm talking about YouTube. So you're talking about the hour and a half mark of SmackDown. I see what you mean. Roman, yeah. Brock, the Brock. Yeah. tournament yeah. semifinals between Cesaro and Finn Balor. You're or, you are Red's right Cesaro though. That's Finn Balor already happened. Or, it's oh, the I mean, it's, Cesaro, yeah. whatever the the next but, match. But it, Red's right in the idea like that's historically what it is. You flip channels. That was the Monday Night War. You go back over and they hope they hook you with the cruiserweights. You stay for the rest of the episode, or you go back and forth on the commercials and you're watching both. That's historically what it was. No one's gonna like. You you might stop looking at your TV. But the view is still happening because your TV is still on SmackDown when you go watch that YouTube video of that live stream. That's what it's going to be. No one's going to stop watching. They're not going to steal viewers. They might literally have people watch their thing instead, but the numbers stay on SmackDown. It's, it's weird. It's, I don't understand giving away Daniel Bryan this much. I get it. You can't not have them have free matches. I get it. It's TV. Pay-per-view's November. What are you going to do? You're going to put them against the Young Bucks one-on-one. You're going to put them against Adam Cole is a big match. That's a big one you can build to. You have them against guys the Punk. Punk's doing it right. Powerhouse Hobbs, Daniel Garcia, Matt Seidel. These are good matches that make you go, okay, I want to see that. They're doing Brian in the main event stuff and now he's giving away free against Suzuki. And this is the other thing I was going to mention that kind of made me go, hmm. Is all these shows, all these hours of shows, which, again, I didn't want to directly compare, but this is equal to, if not more, than what WWE produces with all the darks and evolutions and whatnot, and this extra hour, which is just literally an extra hour. All of this is designed to get more people more time, and yet it's the same people. Brian Fish and... Or Brian Fish. Bobby Fish and Brian Danielson. That was way harder to say than it should have been are going one-on-one on Dynamite on Saturday. Because it's preempted, by the way. They don't get... like that's, that's where it is, on Saturday. Live. They both have singles matches on this pre-show on Rampage Night. Why? To get you tasted up to watch them face each other the next night? Lee Moriarty is not a Brian Danielson replicant. And Minoru Suzuki sure as heck isn't a Bobby Fish one. There's no reason that that makes sense in any way, aside from your giving away matches. Also, it's the same talent. Why Why would you have the same guys back-to-back like that? 
CT, I know there's been a few times Wrestle Kingdom had a couple carryovers, but that's because the winner of this match faces the winner of that match the next night on Wrestle Kingdom. Like, that's that kind of thing. That's not what this even is. This is just the same talent over and over and over, which, it's, again, it's Danielson. I'm cool with it. A lot of these guys are good. Is this a case of it's okay when it's things we like, and that's all it is? Like, is that the bias we've got here? No. <laughs> Clearly not. Again, this is built... If this was before a pay-per-view, you know what? I still think it's stupid. It's a dream match. Again, New Japan is not giving out dream matches as hype matches. But, like, at least if it was for a pay-per-view, you can justify it that way. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't for a pay-per-view. This is for a TV show, which the only reason anyone is talking about Rampage this week is just because they want it to beat uh, SmackDown. It's not for anything. Suzuki can't even be there on Dynamite because he's wrestling the New Japan tapings this weekend, which Moxley will also be at, so that's funny. Um, he probably won't be at Dynamite. But it's just like, there's just no purpose for it. That's the biggest thing is there's no purpose. There's no story. Even, you know, we criticize the weak build. At least it's a weak build, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, it's not it's tomorrow. Not it's this, yeah. This is the only purpose this match exists. What Tony Khan booked a dream match for is just to be petty and try to steal some viewers away from SmackDown. That's all this is for. And yes. that's why it's like, it's not just frustrating because it exists, but it's frustrating that we're accepting this mindset and we're saying, yes, waste dream matches for petty reasons with no jokes and no purposes. That's where it's like, it's not just, oh, you're booking badly. I view this as like, oh, no, it's a middle finger to anyone who really wanted this match. This is why I don't like Tony Khan. I don't respect Tony Khan. It's it's just it goes so much deeper and it's so much more laughable. And clearly this man just has so much money and doesn't care and will do whatever it is to get like a cheap little like, you know, boost for himself. Um, it's laughably bad, I think. Yeah. And like people could, we mentioned in our discord, um, Ray and Roman Hell in the Cell match. One well, one good thing is that gave up a Hell in a Cell match to the women's for that some pay per view coming up again, supporting their women, giving them major matches on pay per view and that. And also, while Roman and Ray did face off, and it was a Hell in a Cell, not on Hell in a Cell pay per view, it was on SmackDown, their actual show, not on YouTube. Like, what you what you're gonna get a few dollars from ad revenue from people watching it? Like, come on. Even that gets worse reviewers than actual Rampage, which is still bad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say there. The idea that this match is to get viewers and get eyeballs for ratings. No, it's not going to get any ratings. It's it's not airing. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's a live stream on YouTube, but it's not getting anything for TNT. Period. And anybody who says, oh, I can't wait to watch more. These people were going to watch it already. Like, Or they got what they wanted. Because if, if you told me during that pre-show, oh, there's a pre-show, that's weird. And they announced, oh, man, tonight, Danielson versus Suzuki. Oh, I can't wait. I got to watch that on TNT, wherever it is. What's it, Friday at 10? Got it. I'm invested now. I'm on board. Oh, but the one I want is free. That's happened a bunch of times, really. We've seen matches move to buy-ins or pre-shows. It's like, that's the be that's the one I want to watch. That's the best match. Oh, that's all I care about. It's happened a bunch of times. So, it's, I don't know. I, I just I I get it from the side of look it's going to be a match that I've looked forward to it's not the way I expected here we go like even building things up we've known about Gage and Suzuki for weeks now because they actually build towards it and they make you pay for it because they know people will it, this isn't even that 
it's just Danielson and Suzuki, a dream match that people thought might be a thing. Here it is. Why? Well, there's, there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason for this match. And that's... Um, it's a weird thing to say, to complain about that, because it's going to be fun, I hope, and I'm looking forward to it, legitimately. But we've said this time and time again from everything from Kofi Mania to things, because I've been on a podcast for three-some years with other stuff, talking about this kind of stuff, hiatus be damned, there's stuff where it's like, man, it was worth the wait. This is happening in three days. And we found out about it hours ago. Like, what's... There it is. Like, that's that's it. There is no... There is no... Oh, man, I can't wait till later. I'm more excited for Bloodsport, which also has Suzuki, and I'm paying 20 bucks for it at the end of the month. Don't know who he faces yet. Doesn't matter. It's cool. That's... That was the thing. I remembered the thing I was going to say a few minutes ago. The whole point of this talent thing, Suzuki's not even on their roster officially. He's not all elite, but he's on their pre-show to get you to watch other stuff against their top-tier guy. I... It's like CT said, it's petty. It's petty. We don't want this stuff to be negative. We don't want to hate these things. It's a cool match. If you're on board with this match, awesome. If you're going to enjoy it and watch YouTube, cool. If it gets you to watch Rampage because you weren't going to anyway... That's what the buy-in is. But the number of times in the preceding weeks from just people everywhere from our own Discord to online on Twitter and here, there, and everywhere, people are usually saying, kind of burned out by the time Rampage comes on. Our own live event was pretty dead for the last Rampage. Not much was said on Friday. Just because it's like, ah, it's also there. Eh, it's, it's what it is. It's not a special thing. It's just another hour of AEW. It's a fun hour by all accounts, but whatever. Well, this is this is an extra free hour, and mm, it's it's just there. Sure, cool. I don't know. And by comparisons, like Raw has their own roster, SmackDown has their own roster, NXT has their own roster. SmackDown gets near two million. Raw gets a few hundred thousand less. NXT gets like six hundred to seven hundred thousand. They're all different brands. Dynamite gets a million, and it's slowly going down each week now since the ma major, like, debut of four people. And Rampage has the same roster of people, and it's getting half the views. They're putting Daniel Bryan on there. They're putting CM Punk on there. They're putting Soho on there. They're putting their tag champions, their world champion, the Impact champion, and it's still doing nothing. Now you're trying hard as hell blowing your load of pay-per-view matches to compete with MLB and SmackDown at the same time, good luck. You're, you're going to learn the hard way that Impact has known for a while. You don't compete with WWE and the major sports networks of the U.S. in the playoffs. You just don't. Yeah, you pick your battles. And I think the key thing with this is if this match was simply even given a one-week build, we'd be more receptive. Because we were about that with some of their AEW stuff of late. But with with the way they're doing it, like by the time we get the full gear, they've given away so much for free, they better make it worthwhile to pay for, right? And yet a All Out really didn't have that going in. It delivered as a good show, but they almost sabotaged it by having low expectations that they got exceeded. I do not know 
what would be on par for full gear at this point. Like, who do you put against Danielson? Cole? That, like, no other match really satisfies at that point. Because he just gave me Suzuki for free on YouTube. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, more than likely, we're going to get Danielson and Punk versus the Bucks. That's the match they wanted. We're going to get that instead. That's the kind of thing we're going to get at this point. Like, I, I just don't know. I'm shaking my head. I it, It's been a night of that. And I think, if anything, we can call it there. Unless anybody has any final words about Tony Khan and AEW or whatever you want to say. Has anything else happened with AEW in the past three hours? Has Tony Khan tweeted adding more matches with an extra hour? The buy-in to the buy-in? Like, <laughs> that's where we're at at this point. I, I don't know where else to go with that. Bear me, any last words on this? No, but thank you guys. Wrapped it up perfectly. Red? Nah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I've just been listening to you guys ramble. <laughs> GMSG. I was checking his Twitter to see if he tweeted anything. Were you, yeah, you were legitimately looking to make sure? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. way I was, I'm also on his Twitter feed right now. <laughs> there's there's got to be something, right? No, no. Six hours He's ago. Taking the night off. Let's let's talk about the one thing I just saw positive here, GMSG. Who's the problem? What's going on there? What do you got? Oh, um, Uso might be debuting under a different name. Is more bloodline? What? I mean, the reason why I'm perfectly fine that he's not an Uso right away is if you de- him, debut him in NXT and the only people that know him, like, know, know him are hardcores, you don't want all the casuals to just look at him and go, oh, he's an Uso? Oh, man, he has to be part of the greatest tag team, one of the greatest tag teams of the last 15 years in WWE. Oh, he's Roman Reigns' cousin. He has to be amazing. Like, you don't do that. Like, same thing with Braun Breaker, exactly. Von Wagner. You, you can build to that point where they go, yeah, I'm part of this family. Yeah, I'm a badass. Like, it was hard for Randy getting, like, instantly debuting going, this man's a third-generation superstar. His dad and grandpa are legends. You put that pressure on someone, they can fold pretty bad. Even Rock got that. Die, Rocky, die. It happened from there. Oh, and like, oh my God. Yeah. This stuff. Yeah. And Charlotte had a rough time, too, trying to be in a void and everything. Like, it's we've seen it before. I was going to say the same thing about Braun Breaker. That's a reason he's probably not called a signer, even though everybody, like, everybody knows. Well, no, we know. <laughs> but a lot of people don't know, and that he gets to get over on his own, of his own accord. Same deal for him. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. So. It took well, years for me in high school to realize that Roman was Uso. Like, he was beating the shit out of his cousins. His cousins were beating him as the shield, and they know that they were family. And it's not like they can't, like, especially in the call-up, change their names or give them that name. Charlotte originally was just Charlotte. The whole gimmick was she was not a flair. She's not like her father. Like, they didn't even mention it for a while, actually. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not impossible to then add that once they're comfortable, once they're over. But I agree. It's just a, it's a lot to put it on a person. It's even worse that I just also considered him, oh, he's the Uso's brother. He's Roman's cousin. His dad's fucking Hall of Famer Rikishi, too. Yeah, well, I mean, the Usos—that's—that's that's just their name. He—they he, really should be Fatu. So, the fact that they went yeah, Uso she- instead, and Uso means brother. You hear him say Us all the time. That—that's yeah. what that is. So, yeah. Yeah, they're Jimmy and Jay Uso, but they're like Jonathan and Joshua Fatu. Yeah, yeah, it's like so close, but not. But it's you know trademarkable. Whatever, it's fine. We're in the era where goofy names still happen. It's always going to be a thing. Then you'll get your Adam shares going on the independence. It's like, oh, that's. That's why you had a fake name. Got it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is what it is. But 
we'll leave with that positivity, I think. This has been top of the card. Uh, we'll see what happens in two weeks. Crown Jewel will happen during that. I really hope nothing crazy happens there. In Saudi? <sighs> okay, top of the card pod on Twitter. It is on everywhere you can get your podcasts. I'm going to say your Spotify's. That too. Spotify, Apple, all that fun stuff. CT, we're on Apple. The, the joke doesn't work anymore. And yes, we're getting to YouTube. But uh, I will leave it with that. Thank you, everybody, again, for joining me. And thanks for listening. Have a good night. Thank you.